Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook Live show and podcast covering all things high school sports on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman, alongside Steve Jordarian. We missed you guys over the last couple of weeks, but we're really happy to be back and discuss the opening of the winter season. It's finally underway. We've got some good teams early on. We've got some good basketball teams, some hockey. We'll try to talk about a few others. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always great to see game action again, getting back in those hockey rinks. You know, it's funny, you know, you go from covering Thanksgiving football to hockey rink, and you start thinking, well, which one's colder? <laughs> it's pretty comparable at the end of the day. A little bit, yeah. You don't get the wind in the other conditions and stuff like that. But definitely excited to be back. We've seen a lot of teams who have impressed so far. It's still early, of course. Mm-hmm. Can't be pounding your chest yet thinking, oh, we're, we're going to make the tournament. Oh, because definitely Because things not. can turn, especially in the winter season, real quickly with the loss of a player or two, something like that. So, And it's a long season, right. so it's – not uncommon for teams to start very strong and then kind of fade down the end. So, again, don't want to draw too many conclusions, but we're happy to look at who's playing well right now. Right. One of those teams, if we want to start with boys basketball, sure. I think D.Y. is really impressive. You know, a couple wins by 16 and 18 points. You know, Logan Grosek has been absolutely insane. Yeah. Throwing down um, throwing down some dunks, I think, in the, mm-hmm. in the opener against Barcelona. He had when he 20, scored, yeah. 24 points in that game. Um, this is a team that struggled really, especially toward the end of last year. They mm-hmm. made the tournament, I believe, a year before, but then yeah. last year really fizzled out. Um, definitely going to be leaning on Grosick a lot going down the stretch. Yeah, I he, I liked him. I've seen some good stuff from Jaquan Phillips so far. He's had double-digit scoring games uh, in both of uh, DY's first two matches. Uh, guys like Darian Thompson and Cam Taubert I think are going to put up more and more points as the season continues. I've seen both of them play very well in basketball. Thompson's been a starter, a starting guard for, I think, probably three years now at least. You know, I, the ACL's got some interesting teams. We'll get to Nosset in a sec. Falmouth looked pretty good in their opener, and they're going to get better as they get healthier. So once the ACL portion of the season starts, I think uh, we'll really kind of be able to see where DY is at. They uh, Their next game is uh, they host Monomoy on Thursday. Monomoy is a good team, but that is a smaller division, and, and I just covered them against Barnstable the other day, so I, I'm not sure that's going to be the biggest test D.Y. faces this year. Yeah, and especially given that Barnstable just edged Monomoy by point on Saturday, mm-hmm. I, I could see D.Y. going to 3-0. and But, again, you got to play the games for a reason, and Monomoy has been a scrappy team over the year, plays really good defense, so D.Y. has an off shooting night. You really never know what could happen. Yeah, sure. If Isaiah Stafford gets hot or something like that, Monomoy right. could win that game. You know, Monomoy is looking like one of the contenders in the Cape and Islands League. Another one all of a sudden is Cape Cod Academy, which mm-hmm. is 2-0 to start the season. You know, they picked up Alex Marchant from Cape Tech. He would have been a senior at Tech last year. Instead, he wanted to come to Cape Cod Academy. His club basketball history includes some time with the Cape Cod Warriors, which is a program that... CCA coach Adam Rose is also a head coach, and so is DY coach Dante Phillips. And Phillips helped introduce Marchand to Rose. That's what got Marchand over to the Seahawks. And so far, it's been a really good transition for him. He's had averaging 20.5 points per game. He dropped 24 
against uh, Nantucket in what was a really emotional, like draining game for him. He had to leave in the middle of the fourth quarter to get uh, like treatment for a big cut on his chin. I think he had to go get stitches after it was over, but he stayed and he, he was really a critical player. You know, Cape Cod Academy, it's very early to see if they can keep this up, but it's nice for them. That was their first time beating Nantucket since like January, 2013. Mm -hmm. And Marchant could be that second outside option. They need to compliment Jaden Greenleaf, who was an all-star as an eighth grader last year. And he's had 15 points in both of his first two games. So that's kind of where they need to be on the outside. If they can get it to those guys, they should be okay. Andrew James had a triple double and 25 points against tech in the season opener was held scoreless against Nantucket. So it's a question of which James they're going to get on any given night. But if they can get 20 points from Marchant, 15 from Greenleaf, and a triple-double from Andrew James, they should be just fine for the rest of the season. Yeah, people kind of forget earlier in the decade, Cape Cod Academy had some really good basketball yeah, teams. And I believe were league champions. I'm not sure if it was exactly the Cape and Islands back then. but Yeah, the tw like the 2010-11-12 era, CCA was stronger in a number of sports. I mean, they in tennis, they I think they won or they contended for a – state championship. I mean, mm -hmm. they've had some individual championships. Right. You know, it's only in the last couple of years that the enrollment size there and the really small number of actual high schoolers has kind of hurt them competitively because they've had to rely more and more on like sixth, seventh, eighth graders playing at the varsity level. Right. And that's um, also a product of um, the Sturgis's obviously having their opening their school and, mm -hmm. you know, St. John yeah. Paul opening as well. So, Definitely a little more competition in the private school, you know, sector of that. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, Cape Cod Academy, they shot lights out against Cape Tech. Cape Tech's coach was even admitting, hey, there's nothing we could have done. They yeah. were just hitting everything. Um, and, and you're going to have nights like that, and, and we'll see if that continues throughout the year. But, yeah, I mean, Andrew James, we'll see if that was just – I mean, he's a good basketball player, don't get me wrong, but we'll see if that's just an anomaly or if he can put a few games like that together this year. Definitely. I mean, if he can be a good presence inside – then they really can go inside out with their offense and they have three really good scoring options to go to. And that I would think that'll at least be enough to get them into the playoffs, which is something they've been chasing for the last couple of years, but haven't really been able to get to. Uh, they're at sacred heart today. Um, returning to the ACL, I wanted to talk a little bit about Nossett, which has started mm -hmm. out two and oh, you know, when we talked about Charlie Campbell transferring to Canterbury in the fall, I said one of the players who could benefit from his departure is Bobby Joy. Uh, Campbell was their uh, their biggest offensive weapon by a, by a pretty wide margin last year. He would have probably graduated as the all-time leading boys basketball scorer in Cape history. He was already Nossett's all-time leading scorer. Uh, but yeah, Bobby Joy has had an opportunity to step up with Campbell gone, and he really has. He scored 19 points in his first game, 25 points in his second. He's clearly emerged as the team's best outside scoring threat. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned here, Chalabi is you know really good inside. Abdul Chalabi, yeah. yeah Abdul Chalabi, sorry, <laughs> went right to the last name. <laughs> Fun fact: he's boy soccer player of the year according to the Globe. Yep. So tremendous honors from him. But he's transitioned well into the soccer season. 13 point, uh, 13.45 points per game. Um, you know, Spencer Jones also had some pretty strong games so far. Henry Blanchard, also guys, good football player mm -hmm. too, who can contribute. Nasset typically has a lot of guys, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't want to say second tier, but definitely guys who can get you key points at different times. They don't rely necessarily on one guy mm -hmm. as it necessarily was with Campbell. So almost like a soccer team in a sense, I feel like that team's more spaced out. They can rely on different guys on different nights and that's really helpful in, you know, 
taking a team far. And we'll, we'll see how well that can take them. So they no, play Bourne on Wednesday. They yeah, do. It's the next game. Yeah, uh, Nosset at home against yep. Bourne. I, Nosset in some ways reminds me of Falmouth Academy in that their teams very often seem to be maybe one or two true players in whatever that sport is, and then a lot of just generally good athletes whose talents can translate to different sports. You know, with Falmouth Academy, you had Jane Early, who was a lacrosse player and then knew how to play soccer and basketball pretty well. You had Kendall Currents, who was a great basketball player and is doing pretty well at Northeastern this year, who played soccer a little just because she liked it and, and she f- was effective at it, but not, you know, basketball. I wonder if Nossett is kind of the same way where, you know, Charlie Campbell was a true basketball player. These guys like Bobby Joy, who's good in a number of sports, Abdel Lobby, who's good in a number of sports, Henry Blanchard, who's good in a number of sports. I wonder if a lot of these guys are just very, very athletic and they are smart enough to adapt their skills to whatever sport they're playing. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with Falmouth on, I believe that was Friday night yep, against Friday Mashby, night. hosting Mashby. Didn't have, I believe, Kyle Cardoza was out. Among correct? others, yeah. yeah. Cardoza got hurt during the football season, uh-huh. and I think he's going to be out for a little while right. yet with a with some kind of leg injury. Right. Still a pretty convincing win for Falmouth over Mashby, which cut Devon Vorbeck dropping 32 points. Yeah. Clearly that knee's feeling just fine. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> which is a good sign for Mashby because we weren't exactly sure if he was going to play in the opener. And he really wanted to. You know, his aunt, Kimber, Kimberly Kraft, played for Falmouth, and she wears the same number 22 that he wears. He wears it in her honor. So it was nice to see him get that. You know, Falmouth, yeah, they're not at full strength, but they have healthy players who have been playing together for a while. Uh, most notably, you know, Duke Melton's been a varsity contributor for a couple of years. He had 14 points. Anthony Carson, not a starter last year, but definitely got a lot of minutes on the varsity. He scored 11 and if they can balance that with guys like Timmy Lang, who had 12 points, Cam Roll, who had 11 in his first basketball game in like two years, mm-hmm. uh, they should they should be good, and I think they'll get better, especially with Cardoza, who will bring great rebounding, a lot of physical strength underneath the basket. You know, he was their starting center last year. Uh, they And Falmouth, they've got outside shooters. They hit three, seven three-pointers against Mashpee. So it's just a question of developing that inside game, and I think as they get healthier, that's going to come uh, they're at Tiverton, which is a school Tiverton, in Ro- yep. Tiverton, excuse me, in Rhode Island on Wednesday. You know, with Mashpee, what happened Friday is kind of what I thought was going to happen. Ford, I didn't expect Ford to score 32 points, but I expected him to be the best player on that team, and he definitely is. You know, the the rest of the Falcons are underclassmen and backups who aren't yet used to playing like real good extended minutes in varsity games. So there were turnovers, they were open shots that they missed, some from distance, which you can't control, and some like layups that they should have been able to put away. They fouled too much on defense. It's that kind of skittishness. That's what you get when your kids are not quite used to the speed and the intensity of varsity action. You know, they'll get a little more experience when Kendall Rose comes back. He was a starter last year, but he's injured right now. Um, But it's Ford, and then there's a pretty big gap with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it'll take some time, like every basketball team. But I think Mashby still has a pretty good track playing in the South Shore League. There's a lot of teams, I think, that they... Can, they're clearly better than they just have to go oh, yeah. out there and prove it. So um, I, I wouldn't read too much into a loss to Falmouth. You know, they've lost no, in years past, not. and then last year they went to the state semifinals. So. This is definitely true. And they do open South Shore League play Tuesday at Hall. Um, speaking of Mashby, 
The Mashpee girls have looked really good so far. You covered one of their games, right? No, Paul actually Paul, ended up covering one of those games. Our sports editor, Paul Boker, covered one of their games. But yeah, Mashpee really looks solid against uh, Dennis Yarmouth. You know, much bigger school in comparison. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ashley Kelleher has done a great job leading that team. As is coach Chris Tresker. You know, he's really highly encouraging with that team. He, he's built that over the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. I think this is a team that could contend in those in the lower division, certainly the South Shore League. Um Kelher's averaging 20 points and four three-pointers a game. That outside yep. shooting is really important, especially, you know, you see that sometimes with a, um, you know, really just in girls' basketball in general. If you can hit the outside shot, that's oh, yeah. just going to open up your inside game even more. You're going to have teams cheating up, and that's when you're going to get those easy baskets on the inside. So, um, you know, Mashpee's, yeah, again, they only need 10 wins to get into the tournament. So far, they got three. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, my and I think last year they came up one win shy of the playoffs, and I think that's maybe a little motivating for some of the people back. You know, Amaya Peters is also playing pretty well for Mashpee. She's averaging 11 points per game. Uh, they're at Rising Tide today. That's a team they've already beaten by 30 points, so I would thoroughly expect them to win this one as well, improve to 4-0, and just keep this ball rolling. Um, turning over to the Cape and Islands in the girls, we thought that there would be kind of a – a get you know an opportunity for a new team to step up and win it because Falmouth Academy was going to take a step back after early incurrence graduated last year. So far, we are pretty much right on that. You know, the Mariners are zero and three. They're scoring just twenty nine points per game. They got a new coach, so they're still kind of growing into whatever they're going to be. But Sturgis East right now is making a nice play to to be the best team in the league. They're three and zero. Ava uh, Dowick is averaging thirteen point three points per game. You got uh, Destiny Caldwell scoring 20 points in two games. You got Madeline Tucker with 8.3 points per game. I don't know that they have a single dominant player like Kelleher or, as we'll get to in a minute, like Carly Whiteside over at Barnstable, but they've got some balance, and they are tough to guard because of it. You know, And so we'll see. They're at Falmouth Academy on Tuesday. We'll see if they can just keep rolling in the league. Yeah, I've really liked Sturgis, excuse me, Sturgis East over the last couple of years. Coached by Bob Leavenworth. He's really hard on that team, but he expects a lot out of this mm-hmm. group. And this group's been working for the last two or three years. And I think it's not necessarily a culmination now, but they press really well, as you yep. see a lot in girls' basketball. They pressure the ball. They make other teams commit errors. And they turn those into, into layups. Mm-hmm. You know, Destiny Caldwell has been a great addition to that team. Quick hands, able to you know pressure the ball handler, turn you know those easy easy steals into layups. And um, DeWick and Tucker, just really good players on the inside. Mm-hmm. Sturgis East doesn't back down. They scrimmage Barnstable in the preseason. And, and you know they got smacked around pretty well, but they're not they're not afraid. They'll mm-hmm. go up against just about anybody on any given night, and so far looks to be the favorite to win the Cape and Islands League. Definitely, uh, moving up from D four to D one, we got Barnstable. They're two and zero to start the season. You know Carly Whiteside is their senior center. She'll play for Vermont next year. She is trying to. She missed all of last year with a with a knee injury, but she's been pretty solid so far. She's averaged eighteen points per game through her first few games, and the Red Raiders have already tied their win total from last year. Uh, so Ross Chicola has them playing pretty well right now. It's, it seems like another program that he's been able to turn around pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, I would say Whiteside completely transformed how that oh, team yeah. operates. You know, you have somebody who's a dependable, not just a scorer on the inside, but a rebounder. Mm-hmm. Someone who can also hit the shot from the outside, which the Red Raiders really struggled with yep. last year. I mean, she had two three-pointers, I believe, against Dennis Yarmouth yeah. last week. And she didn't even play the fourth quarter. I mean, the game was over by that point. So definitely they want to keep her fresh. I think she's still – she says she's confident, but I think she's getting more and more, you know, confident playing on that knee a little bit. 
Um, she had a little bit of a spill in the in the preseason against that Sturgis Sea scrimmage I just mentioned, but mm-hmm. she got up and she was just fine. So uh, good to see that there. But yeah, I, I'm expecting a lot out of Barnstable, and obviously we'll see what happens. They host Brockton on Tuesday. It's their first yep. look at Division One mm-hmm. action. So so we'll see how they stack up. Definitely. So uh, definitely a bigger test than what there were. Uh, you know, Abby Alasusi is also playing pretty well for Barnstable. She's got 10.5 points per game. Um, and she's coming off a really great season as Abby's goalie, as Barnstable's goalie in field hockey. And I, you know, I believe that confidence kind of translates. And if you're good in one sport, you'll feel confident in yourself going into the next sport, even if the skills aren't the same. And she should be playing with a lot of confidence after how she played in the fall. I mean, when we get to DY, we can talk about that too, about the McGaffigans Absolutely. Um, in hockey. Uh, but we'll wrap up with uh, basketball real quick. Just Nosset there 1-0. It's only one game, but Nosset is the reigning Division II South champions, or I'm sorry, runners-up, uh, and then they started this season with an 85-15 route against Monomoy. You don't want to read too much into that. Monomoy is a D4 team. There's not there's a pretty wide gap uh, between them and the Warriors, who have most of their players back from last year, but they had four people scoring double digits against Monomoy. Avery Burns had 18, Skylar Sanderson 16, Corinne Mares 12, Sunny Green, 11. That's a really good balance between outside shooters and forwards. And if they can keep that up against tougher uh, competition down the road, they should be fine. Yeah, Barcelona and Nasa look to have kind of adopted a similar style. And you're really seeing this really all throughout the talented girls' basketball teams. Teams mm-hmm. that just, they press unrelentlessly. They don't back off. They just full-court press the entire game because you're going to get turnovers at some point. It's exhausting, don't get me wrong. And you're going to have to cycle out players. But I think Barnstable and, and Nasa have a little bit more depth where they can do that, they can cycle players in and out and know that they're going to get similar scoring efforts across the board. It's not just going to come from one or two players. So it definitely Nosset was running the ball a lot against mm-hmm. uh, Monomoy, just going in for those easy layups and stuff like that, working the inside. So definitely. it is an improvement. You know, Monomoy only scored five points against Nosset last year, so in a way a bit of an improvement, but okay. it's just one game. Yeah. You know, it, but it just, again, puts Nosset's scoring ability on display and, Certainly, I think it's going to be the team to beat in, um, in the ACL. For the, for the ACL, yeah, yeah, I really do. I think this is they're the, they kind of set the gold standard a bit, and it's not going to be easy. I mean, they had some some battles with Falmouth last year, and mm-hmm. um, you never know on any given night in basketball, team could get hot and just start shooting from the outside really well. So definitely, we'll see how that stacks up for Nosset. You want to turn over to hockey? Let's do it. Uh, th- uh, Saturday night, great win for DUI. Really a program sort of defining win for them, a 7-3 win over Barnstable. Mm-hmm. Again, it's only the second game of the year, but you got two games, two wins, and 15 goals. I mean, that's kind of the yeah. sign of DUI this year, um, knocking off a D1 team in Barnstable. These mm-hmm. teams split last year. DUI did hand Barnstable. It's only loss. Mm-hmm. But I think DUI showed that they're even better than, than it was last year and made the state quarterfinals. The year prior. So, seven, so did Barnstable, I think. They yep. both made the same round, so kind of the final eight. Right, but when you when you go side by side, I, yeah. I, I think you see that you know Barnstable still has some talent, and we'll talk about that in a second. But DY with the McGaffigans, with Ava and Kayla, I mean, they're just too fast and too yeah. talented. And, and you see how they move the puck. They go end-to-end, and they mm-hmm. create scoring chances. There's really not much you can game plan for unless you just took your whole defense and you say, all right, two are over on or three are over there, and everyone else is wide open. You can't really do that in hockey because you're going to get breakaways, and right. that's not going to be good. But um, you know, I think that first line with Sam Johnson plus defenders Lily Holmes, they really, what they do is they really help 
when they're not breaking out and going <laughs> on breakaways, they really keep the puck in the zone. Yeah. Holmes does a really good job keeping it at the blue line, mm-hmm. cycling it back around. And when you do that, especially in girls' hockey, you're going to create turnovers mm-hmm. and you're going to create scoring opportunities right out in front. And that's what DOI really did effectively. And they did in the neutral zone. Same thing. Definitely. Really didn't let Barnstable get it into the attacking zone unless it was a dump in or kind of a skate down to the side. Nothing down the middle. It's essentially how their field hockey team was so successful this right. year. Is the same thing. Control the middle of the, of the field or the ice. Keep the puck or ball on the opponent's side and just relentless offensive right. pressure. And I could see this being a lot like field hockey where it's going to take an off night or something or mm-hmm. you might have some ties circled in there. And DUI is going to play some really good teams. I believe they have King Phillip coming up on Saturday. Yeah. That was a Division One playoff team the year before. So you know we'll see how that shapes up. But... Um, it seems to me, in terms of Cape Girls hockey, this is going to be the team to beat. Yeah, Falmouth, you know, they lost their opener five two. That was in Rhode Island, so you don't necessarily get a good look of what it's going to be, you know, head to head. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll we'll see what it's like moving on. It could be like field hockey, where you know they play them close for one game, and then right. the other game it's a DY route. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, they don't meet till later in the year, but. Um, Definitely, there were some bright sparks for Barnstable too Saturday. You know, uh, Shauna McInerney, who's a great player. She had three assists, didn't score, but really did a good job distributing the puck and setting up scoring chances. Um, we'll see how goalie Lisa Alto responds, young goalie. Um, see if you can get her confidence back up after a game like that. I mean, right. I'm sure their team is not blaming her for that loss. No. I mean, <laughs> you're going up against two of the best yeah, hockey players. Yeah, I think DY is going to do that to a lot of teams this year. Right. And you're seeing two of the best hockey players in the state early on knowing that, hey, we're probably not going to see players like that throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barnstable, look, they shut out Marshall in, in their home opener. They beat the Furies 5-1 you know, in, in the season opener. Right. So there's no reason to think that Barnstable can't be a playoff contender. Um, they got players like Bridget Everett back, yep. who's only a freshman <laughs> and still plays really well. Obviously, McInerney is going to leave that, lead that team. But a couple other players like Polly Cahill filling in, I think Barnstable will be just fine. Okay. Um, on the boys' side, you know, definitely a little bit more of a wide-open look at things. Mm-hmm. Really impressed by Upper Cape start. You know, Kevin Flynn with six goals in Upper Cape's three wins. They're 3-0 so far this year. All these guys, John Michael Ballard, Joey McArdle, Josh Winiarski, all these guys can put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. And 22 goals this year through three games is really impressive. You know, UCT snuck into the um, the postseason last year 10-9-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big step up from where years prior. So I think you're seeing that program really grow from one step to get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now I think they want to contend and win postseason games and get to that next step. You know, they got a pretty easy schedule. Not want to say easy, but they have a lot of league opponents coming up, games that are winnable. Mm-hmm. And we'll really see how they match up against the Cape team when they play Mashby Monomoy on January 5th. Yep. Going up against a goalie like Jack Dano, who had 47, excuse me, 46 saves in a 2 1 win over St. John Paul. Mm-hmm. That'll be a real big test. And I think that'll kind of be a gut check a bit for Upper Cape and say, hey, you know, we're for real. We can, right. we can uh, do we something special this yeah. year. Uh, Sandwich also off to an impressive start. You know, 2-0 against teams. I think Sandwich clearly is better than Abington. Mm-hmm. And then Nantucket. Nantucket clearly not the same program they were a couple of years ago when they had you know, some, right. some really talented top flight players. But I really like that line with Rob Cardillo. Uh, Mike Barrasso and John Stutzman. Stutzman's an addition this year coming back from juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Connolly's their standout scorer. So I think Sandwich will definitely take a step up and get back into the postseason this year. Mm-hmm. And it'll certainly make for an interesting Canal Cup with uh, Bourne. Yeah, which, right. <laughs> um, 
we'll talk a little bit about Bourne in a second. Uh, going over to Falmouth, you know, Falmouth is defending ACL champs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, good start with a 4-2 win over Coyle in the opener. Uh, big key to that team is Nick Champagne coming mm-hmm. back. Was going to skip the high school uh, hockey season, focus a little more on club stuff, but he came back to the second week of the season, clearly is the top-line center mm-hmm. for that group, um, and looked like he'll be up there with Jack McKenzie and Stone Devlin guys who I think are going to take a big step up. They were kind of, you know, the nice fill-ins in, in the past year, but I think they're really going to emerge this year as stars of this team. And um, playing on the line with Champagne, you're going to get a lot of good scoring opportunities with mm-hmm. teams kind of gunning on him. Oh, excuse me, on the back end, uh, veteran goalie Kevin Duart's back, and I think you don't talk about that enough in hockey. When you have a veteran presence in goalie, mm-hmm. I think that kind of puts definitely the coach's mind at ease a little bit, but it also puts the defense and, and, and the whole collective group is, you know, this is a guy who's done this before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just going to – I think he's going to have a really good season. And he's got help from defense. You know, you got guys like Max Roman and Robbie Curtis, Kyle Gonzalez, Chad Lennox, all guys who have varsity experience. And I think when they're all playing in sync with their goalie, uh, that that just makes the team that much better. Right. The only downside, Mike Camesso is their uh, senior captain. He's going to be out for a little bit with some health issues. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll get him back as, you know, the season kind of hits its grind point in January and yep. early February. Uh, Fallon's plays at home 5 p.m. Wednesday. It's their home opener. They're going to be up against Wellesley. That's a team they tied 2-2 last year. So yep. should be a good little test for, for Falmouth early on here, see where they stack up. Uh, going to Barnesville, really tough night for them Saturday. You know, they raced out to a 2-0 lead in the second period. Goals from Brandon and Sean Jones. But Zavarian, being a really solid D1 team, they are rallied back, scored three goals in the third period, all from the same player. Mm-hmm. His name escapes me at the moment, but <laughs> we're going to talk about Bourne in a minute. Three penalties for Barnstable in the third, and when he got the lead, he definitely can't be going to the penalty box. Absolutely. So that was played a factor, obviously, in there. Barnstable's going to get a chance to bounce back and play Sandwich on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a good test for both of these teams. Sandwich, obviously, going up against Barnstable, but also Barnstable, how they can respond from uh, coughing up a game like that. Mm-hmm. But I think Barnstable's going to have a good year this year either way. Guys like... Um, Brian Fry, free. I always mess up his last name. Again. Fry, Fry. Jeez, I'll get it right eventually, Brian. If you're listening, <laughs> um, you know a lot of good senior present, a lot of good senior presence on Jack that Cordero, squad. Yeah, yeah, Jack Cordero is their captain. Yeah, he's been part of that. I mean, he's reliable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll wrap up with Bourne real quickly. You know, it, really the story for them: they, 19 penalties combined in three games. Just an undisciplined at times with the Canalman. Mm. To their credit, they played a tough schedule early on. Newton South, very solid team. Westfield, a Division Three West playoff team the year before. Mm-hmm. And then earning a Saturday win over Revere Malden. I think Bourne, this is a team that also has a lot of veteran senior right. presence. They just need to hit their season, their regular season and um, conference schedule, South Coast conference schedule, mm-hmm. to start hitting their stride. Nothing's going to be given to them, and I think they're humble enough to realize that, hey, look, just because everyone expects us to be good, doesn't mean anyone's going to give it to us. Absolutely. Really interested, though, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., Bourne's going to play Old Rochester, which is coached by their former coach and last year's St. John Paul coach, Chuck Jancanarino. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Chuck's actually a bit of a hockey referee, too, but, you know, I think he lives out there in that region, and I think he you know, wants to lead a program that's uh, a little bit closer to home. So mm-hmm. it'll be a nice little homecoming for him uh, back at Gallo. Um. But yeah, this is born one last point on them. Max and Joe Hess, obviously two players who've done a lot for that program, as mm-hmm. is Christian Mulkern. I think those guys are really going to start hitting their stride soon. And again, if they can stay out of the penalty box, start playing even strength, 
you know, their coach, you know, even said it himself. I like our chances five on five with anybody. Sure. So they just have to start playing and living up to that. Um, I think that just about does it on the hockey front. We'll hit a little bit of wrestling, some of the other sports here. Mm -hmm. Really impressed with Sandwich so far. You know, they won Division Three South last season. Yep. Won their early bird tournament this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Um. Connor Keegan, Ke Kevin Keegan, Tanner Davison all won weight classes. But Sandwich also has Paul Cody coming back at 152. He was a D3 South champion last year. Yep. Sandwich, kind of nice depth-wise, are combining with Upper Cape this year. Mm -hmm. Not exactly sure on the numbers how many Upper Cape wrestlers they have. Mm -hmm. But, hey, look, wrestling things happen throughout the year. You need that depth to develop uh, athletes. And hopefully at some point you see more than three varsity teams spring up for yeah, right. uh, wrestling than just Sandwich, Marchmall, and Nossett. Um, I don't know that I think that's going to happen anytime soon, though. Right, I but think. you got to start somewhere, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Keegan, like I mentioned, the two Keegans, Davison and Steve uh, Tangwillig, were all individual champs this past weekend, mm -hmm. showing some promise. Um, it's going to hit a bit of a grind here. You get a lot of tournaments early on in the year, and then kind of later in the year, you hit your head individual, you know, head-to-head -head matches. So definitely a good chance for these wrestlers to display what they have and wrestling back to back to back. Mm -hmm. Not easy. <laughs> One match is hard enough, you know. Meanwhile, um, with Barnstable, you know, Mike Stanley and Josh Stanley are both off to really good starts. Mike won all three matches in Mansfield on Saturday. Josh was two of three. Newcomer uh, Joe Molina, who you got to know a little bit, uh, also uh, played uh, wrestled well, as did Colin Lane and Drew Valentine. And that's looking like a, a pretty balanced team so far. Yeah, they looked really impressive with a win over Nasset head-to-head earlier in the year. I think they showed there's a different – there's different guys they can flex in there at certain times, depending on what the matchup is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to get some forfeits sometimes, but this is a pretty deep team, and you see it in the wrestling room, you know, upwards of, you know, 20, 25, sometimes 30 guys, you know. Some of them are on the men. Some of them are dealing with stuff. You know, you have Deanna Flood, Barnstable's um, uh, female wrestler, wrestling mm -hmm. at 105. Um, really impressive. She won her wrestle off in practice. Um, lost her match against Nossett, but still – you know, nice to see girls wrestling finally getting a little bit Absolutely. of show on the varsity level. Yeah. Flood competed for Barnstable last season for a little bit, did some JV matches, but mm -hmm. it's looking like she might be their top person at 105 this year. Yeah, and the MIA, I think, is doing a, a girls wrestling tournament this year for the first time, so maybe we'll see Flood get a chance to uh, to do well in that. Yeah, and Barnstable coach Dan Hellman said that basically they have a choice, is that yeah. they can basically either compete with mixed gender or they can do that kind of girls-only division. Right. They haven't said they're, they're going to know what they're going to do yet, but it's, yeah, I, I think it's cool the MIA gives that option, right? Definitely. You, you figure out what's best for your athlete mm -hmm. and put them in the best position to succeed. That's what any coach is going to want. Yeah, for sure. If she's their best wrestler at that weight class, they'll probably want her for the traditional sectional. Right. But if they can give her up and put in somebody else who can be competitive at that weight class. Maybe they'll let her take the chance and, and see what right. she can do against the other girls. Because mm -hmm. at a certain point, especially when you get to like the All-States, it becomes less about how the team is necessarily doing them. Yeah. Unless you think your team can gun for a team title, right. you kind of focus on where you put your athletes Absolutely. in the best spot. So they could go either way with Flood. We'll see what happens. We'll see how she wrestles throughout the year. And you mentioned, yeah, Joe Molina transferred from Texas, wrestled in Texas State Champions or qualified for the Texas state championships two years ago mm -hmm. um clearly making a state like texas you yeah, know <laughs> texas, like wrestling in texas is thought taken not more seriously than here but it has much more cultural value value and weight right. to it out there so if you can do that 
that's very impressive. And it's going to be a busy next 10 days for Barnstable to get to show their stuff. They're at New Bedford on Thursday. They have the Marshall Quad on Saturday, and mm-hmm. then they're back at Marshfield on the 27th for the holiday tournament, one yeah. of the most uh, challenging tournaments of the year, not only because of the competition. You're coming off Christmas. You're coming off a bit of a lull. Absolutely. Um, and especially when you're dealing with a weight sport like that, certainly <laughs> discipline um, not is important. Yeah. So that almost goes without saying. Um, if you want to hit a quick thing on uh, – Swimming real quickly, yeah, yeah and then we'll get out of here. Um, Nantucket obviously is impressive, and yeah. not just the boys, but the girls' side as well. That's a great program over there, arguably mm-hmm. the best on the Cape and Islands. Um, yeah, Jim Bignato has really turned it into quite a power uh, in D2. I, I think they're the favorites to win the Bay State Conference, boys and girls, again. I mean, they dominated in the Bay State relays to start the year. So until I, I see any evidence to the contrary, I assume they're just going to win the Bay States again this year. Uh, you know, Tyler uh, Rethke is kind of their, their lead. He was a state champion last year on the boys' side. He's been great again. Emma uh, Davis with Nantucket has been really good. Uh, they were they both looked terrific against St. John Paul. Um, I kind of – what I liked about Nantucket against St. John Paul is that, you know, Tyler did well, and he had James Taff and Grant B as swimming with him on all three relays, but they had a different guy – fill that fourth spot on each relay. They had Kevin Johnson in the 200 uh, medley. They had Jared O'Connor in the freestyle. And then um, another guy in the 400 freestyle. You can only swim four events at state. And so if you can break up your relays and not overcommit all of your best to them, it gives you much better of a chance to, uh, in terms of individual competition and, and final team standings. I'd also keep an eye on uh, uh, Russell Cathwalla, who won the 200 and the 500 freestyle. And then Henry DuPont is their diver. That's a huge difference because not every team has a diver. And if they can qualify their diver to state, that is an easy way to pick up team points. Absolutely. Um, Wanted to hit on Nasser real quickly, too. You know, boys look good. He had four individual event winners over 10 events. As you mentioned, that depth is really key there. um, Alexia Colella won three events against Bishop Stang. Mm-hmm. You know, Nasset was displaced earlier this year. I actually had to train a little bit over at um, YMC and West yep. Barnstable, but back at Willie's Gym in East Ham. You know, Nasset. You know, as you mentioned, you know, it's a small, it's a small group. You know, those four. You know, I mentioned John. Um, Ciz- was it probably John Shucks? Shucks. Yep. Dory Gog, Carlson, Tanner Cornell, Tim Johnson. All those guys you know, I think are going to qualify for state at some point. It's just a matter of, um, you know, shaving some of those times down. It's so early in the year for swimming that you're not necessarily expecting your best results now. You want them later in the year. Absolutely. You, you don't want to peak now. Exactly. And that's what they call in swimming, shaving tapered, when everyone literally mm-hmm. starts shaving <laughs> yeah, time off and literally shaving their legs too and stuff like that. Yeah, so, to get that extra tenth of a odd second. Odd part of swimming, but uh, hey, yeah. whatever works, right? <laughs> Yeah, I would expect NASA to compete in in like as individuals. I don't ex- at state. I don't expect that they'll be have enough people to really compete for like a team title. Nantucket might have the same problem, but I think they have more depth than NASA does right now. Right. I also want to hit the track real quickly. I want to forget them too. Really impressed. Mashby Cam Kurgo qualified for states in the fifty-five. That was quick. Six point nine three. Yeah, and the high jump five eleven. You know the high jump we expected. Right. That's his sport. You know. Right. He's really. I think his best chance to go to college is as a high jumper. Right, and I, I think it's not long before he's consistently jumping over six feet. And I mm-hmm. think once you hit that mark, I think that's when you really get some interest in, in doing that at the next level. But at the same time, you also had Nasset Matt Cahill break his own school record in the high jump at 6'4". 
you know, he also qualified for seats in the hurdles, 8, uh, 8.07 seconds. Really tremendous uh, early season performance up at the Reggie Lewis Center in mm -hmm. Roxbury. Not easy taking the trip, all especially out from Nosset. Um, but really good to see that from uh, Cahill. Some early uh, performances early on from Falmouth, too. Aiden Washington, David Doherty. Um, Washington was 20.5 in the long jump, and he won the 55 in 7.14 seconds. You got Marvel Nicholson, a really good sprinter in the 300 at 38 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, looking to see a lot from Falmouth this year, too. Um, and then one last quick note here, gymnastics uh, is going to start up uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday. Barnstable is going to host Carver at Cape Cod Gymnastics in Yarmouthport, 8 p.m. It's the only meet before the new year, so if a big gymnastics person, you might want to get to that one. Yeah, right. I'm... <laughs> Barnstable has had a very successful program over the years, but they've taken maybe a bit of a step back in the like last year. So we'll see if they can start rebuilding towards what they were when they were winning four state titles in a row and a couple of regionals in a row, things like that. Great. All right, that'll just about wrap it up for our winter uh, debut here on Cape Sports Now. If you missed any of this, you can always check out on our website, capecuttimes.com slash capesportsnow. Uh, you can also download the podcast on the uh, Apple and the iTunes and uh, Google Play Store. Yep. Um, also available on any Apple Android devices. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter for updates. Uh, you can uh, at SportsCCT. Also follow me on Twitter at Steve underscore Dardarian. I'm at Matt Goisman, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Next week's episode is going to be on Wednesday. We're going to delay it a couple of days because of Christmas. If you celebrate in Christmas, have a Merry Christmas, and if not, enjoy your uh, federal day off. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.